0: All right, I think we've got our six uh, for quorum. Uh, we're expecting maybe one more and it's 530. So let's uh, call the meeting to order. Um, and then whoever else is gonna join us can join when they're um, available. So uh, Jessica Anne, could you help with the roll call please?
1: Sure. Kevin Boyd. Here. Carl Brown won't be here. Helen Burford. Present. Sharon DeGraw. Here. Cecile Coonsley. Expected. Lindy Keipel? Here. Quentin Pitson. Here. Jordan Sellergren. Not expected. Austin Wu. Here. And Cecile is joining us now.
0: Great. All right, so we'll move on to item uh, C. Any um, public discussion of anything that's not on the agenda? I don't know that I see anyone. If you are, just come off mute or raise your hand, and we'll get you get you going here. Um, all right, seeing none, we'll move on to the certificates of appropriateness, item D. Um, uh, the first one is one uh, one twenty North Dodge Street. Turn it over to Jessica.
2: Okay, I'm gonna date myself. I know Sarah Linda who lived there when I was in college.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, 120 North Dodge Street in the Goose Goosetown Horseman Conservation District. It's down here on the, the alley. It is a contributing property. Uh, it consists of the older part built in the 1850s with an addition in the 1870s. Um, there, There were likely some detail here that has been removed, but the site inventory form talks about the porch having some um, Gothic revival detailing because of the fact that these arches are so low um, and there's some detailing in the um, door canopy. Uh, Some of the Greek revival is also in the surround of the door with the transom and the small side lights. Um, Here's just another angle of the front of the house um this uh, front stoop and steps and and the rear addition were done at a later date um this is looking at the area where the proposed screen porch will be attached it'll be attached next to uh this brick part of the addition so it'll be nestled in right here um the roof line will just be a continuation of of what you see here not Uh, This detail, uh, uh, um, this board and batten part of the addition is a little bit later. Uh, This was likely a rebuilt part of uh, maybe where the historic uh, kitchen addition was, but this detail will not be copied. Um, So this is looking at the site plan. So we have the front of the house where we have that entrance and some steps down to the alley. Here's the porch and the new screen-in porch proposes to go in here next to the one-story addition. It extends, as you can see, a little bit past the brick portion of the addition, um, more to align better with the, the board and batten portion. I would assume this is to make this space uh, more usable. If it was to stop here, it, it just makes it a little bit more small and cramped. It is stopping short of the north edge of the house so that the roof line can terminate there. Um, I don't know, this looks a little out of focus to me, but I think it's because it's enlarged so much, so I apologize for that. This is looking at that rear uh, view again, so this is where there's a tree currently, that brick part of the addition, uh, and the board and batten portion is over here, so you can see how they'll, have a screen porch and I'll have a screen door. Um, aligned under this window on the first floor is a window that will be replaced with a door to the house. Um, this is the side view. There is a window in that brick addition that'll just stay there. Um, it shows you basically they're continuing the roof line. Um, uh, there was some talk in the staff report about the um I wasn't sure which materials uh, the application talked about. Some of the materials in the drawings were just slightly different. Um, this is talking about uh, plywood fashion trim to match existing, meaning wood. Um, that would be uh, appropriate. I think there was some discussion of maybe using a, a material like ASIC instead, which, uh, you know, considering the age of the house, and I guess the importance of this property, staff would would not recommend that in particular. Um, There was also a a little bit of inconsistency between the application and the drawing for the porch floor. In this case, I I think that um, staff would recommend any tongue and groove porch floor because this is a porch with a roof. Uh, That is something we customarily do is have a tongue and groove porch floor. There is both the wood materials that we're all aware of, such as Douglas fir, um, likely a treated tongue and groove. There's also an ASIC product for the porch floor. Um, if the, the cut end the edge is eased, it, it does look pretty good. I know that Quentin has installed that before on a project. Um, staff would recommend approving either of those materials for the floor here. It's on the north side. It's a uh, pretty shaded and uh, kind of moist area. So um, not confining the floor itself to just um, Douglas fir or a treated wood uh, staff would consider appropriate. Um, I don't know if I have more. So those are the only images I have here. Again, staff would recommend the wood for the um, porch and the trim and the fascia itself and something tongue and groove for the the floor. Otherwise, um, staff finds this appropriate. So I have here the recommended motion um, that includes uh, updating the drawings with those two things. I think it's just a matter of changing the notes in the drawings in particular. and I guess I'll just leave this up if that works for you guys. Uh,
0: it should. It should. Well, it should, except for if we have somebody. Oh, if they talk, they'll just show up. Is that right, Jessica?
1: I believe so. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. We'll see um, how okay. it works.
0: All right, let's let's test it. Um, all right, so uh, any kind of just clarifying questions for Jessica? We'll have an opportunity to discuss here in a second as a commission.
3: Um, one concern I have is if they do go with a tongue and groove. Wood floor. I don't see any detail on how they would allow rainwater to get out and snow, blowing snow. That you know, there's not much overhang on the one side, mm-hmm. and especially if it's wood that's usually painted, uh, um, the Azac would be more forgiving, even when it got wet, and water eventually would probably dissipate through the cracks, but I'm just afraid with a wood tongue and groove, even if it's dug for vertical grain, they'd probably be painted. It could be some rot problems that mm-hmm. have. And normally, I don't know, normally the floor goes down and the posts for the framing go on top of that, maybe a plate. I don't know. There's different ways of doing it. That's the only thing that I wanted to say. Uh,
1: I think that we would recommend that they slope the floor away, probably from the long side, um, like Mm -hmm. as would be traditional, and then provide some kind of way to weep or, or, or set the framing for the screen so that water can get out. Yeah. But Olga is the architect who has drawn this and we could also ask her. um,
0: Let's yeah. I'm going to skip to the move to the kind of, uh, opening the public hearing. So if we've got any of the folks who represent the um, property owner or folks uh, speaking on behalf of the property owner now would be a good time to to say something you're not required to, but um, are welcome to.
4: So can I say something?
0: yes please
4: okay Uh, uh, yeah we we are going to slope the floor it's going to be idea is to go with the Douglas fir because actually that's used on the front porch also of the house Uh, we are planning to to stain that with some kind of or seal with something so we probably will just go with some clear Sealer or stain for, for, for that. The way how we are planning to, 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 to take water away is with a, it's not going to be sloped the longer way, it's going to be actually shorter way because that's how the boards are going to, to be installed. And we had a couple of options how we can actually deal with that water. Uh, One is just to make a little openings on the bottom of the screens at the end. So that will actually be one option. Another option is um, uh, we talk about maybe uh, finishing the, the boards a little bit away from the wall itself and making like a little openings. So actually the water will drain down uh, we, we can deal with those details, and if you really need them, I, I, will, I, will, um, uh, I, I will work on them and actually uh, have a chance to, to, to give you, to, to approve. But I think uh, we will have a kind of a way to, to deal with that. So that's not something that we didn't think about. Uh, the owner of the house, she never had a problem with the Uh, Douglas fir that she has at the front of the porch and it's open porch so Mm -hmm. uh, she was even thinking to keep that uh, without any stain or seal but I think we will definitely finish it up I'm not sure that we will maybe we will put some kind of a a, a pigment uh, also but uh, we are not sure yet about that the other thing is also we uh, about that ASAC uh, uh, versus um, uh, wood for the trim. I know that you recommend wood and uh, that's what we actually were planning to do. Uh, but because of the market and everything and also uh, because of the durability of ASAC, we we would just like to have that like an open option if we can use that in a case that we have any trouble, you know, finding a wood or maybe actually if it's priced too high at this point. ASIC actually can look pretty good like a wood and it's going to be painted anyway. So that's just one thing that I, I would like to add.
1: Uh, Olga, I actually have to, I want to clarify something with you. So when you talk about sloping the floor so that the water drains off, what I meant maybe was perpendicular to the, the long wall, uh, maybe per- perpendicular to that uh, brick kitchen addition?
4: Yes, uh, is that, it is, yeah. Is that
1: what you meant yeah. too?
4: That's what I yeah. Okay. Great. So that's how we are going actually, that the boards are, uh, 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 Douglas fir boards are going to run that direction too, so, okay. yeah. Great, thank so you. I don't know if uh, anything, else. and yeah, we had, uh, I had uh, some uh, like uh, optional drawings. Unfortunately, I had both options, like for a track uh, or Douglas fir, so I will remove the, that track because at that time we weren't sure which one we are going to use.
3: Um, could I say something is? Yes. Yeah, I would, if you can get vertical grain, Douglas fir.
4: Vertical grain?
3: Yeah. It wears a lot better and holds paint and finish a lot better.
4: Okay. I will know that. Okay. Okay, we will see what we can do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think Quentin is just offering a, a, his expert, uh, expertise suggestion.
4: That's not no, a uh, requirement. Excellent. that's excellent. I will definitely, you know, look at it. I, I, I will, you know, John Martinik, is uh, working with, with me also on this uh, project. So mm-hmm. he will be the one who is looking for material. So he, he's going to help me with that also
1: we would uh write the approval uh actually vertical grain douglas fir. that's what we standard do and it if the commission wants to leave the option open for the asic um for instead of wood for the trim they just need to uh say the motion to include that
0: great do we have any other uh commissioners do you have any other questions for olga Right. Uh, hearing none I think if you would just start talking you'd show up <clears throat> um, uh, do we have any other members of the public who would like to speak any other any other uh, property owner any others um, you're welcome to not required to um, and any other members of the public just start talking because I can't
2: go ahead Karen um, so I am the owner of the property and I just do want to sort of clarify that we would like to, because of availability of materials and cost of materials, that we would like whatever is written to provide us with some flexibility. Um, As Olga said, I'm not sure I wanna go forward with the project if I can't afford Douglas for, for the flooring, but availability and cost is what everybody's up against right now. And obviously any trim that's painted, it's painted, it's on the back of the house. You're not going to know what the material is under the paint.
0: Thank you, Karen. Any other members of the public before we kind of close the public hearing and have commission conversations? All right. Hearing now, we're going to close the public hearing, commissioners. Uh, do you guys have uh, thoughts? Um, is is that me? Should I
4: say? No, that? no, no. Okay. Sorry, Olga.
0: No, it's the commission, kind of talking amongst oh, ourselves. Okay.
4: Right.
0: Okay. Um, we've kind of heard all the. We've seen all the evidence, and and yeah. and. Had you guys uh, had enough you to talk? It's. We're, right. we're kind of. Okay. <laughs> yep.
5: I think the project looks fine and we should just prepare the wording for giving them flexibility on the materials.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with the material flexibility as well, Sherry. I,
5: I agree.
3: I agree also.
0: Great, I think that's at least the majority of us. Are, do we have any other any other folks wanna say anything? Otherwise I'll entertain a motion. Um, as written and then with uh, the addition of the um, the flexibility of materials on that we're we're writing it to include ASICs or are we in a broader uh,
6: scope here
7: hi Paul I move to approve your certificate of appropriateness for the project at 120 north dodge street as presented in the staff report with the following conditions drawings are updated with the tongue and groove floor and wood trim and the uh option to use azek is um or what is approved
0: great do we have a second
5: degra a second all right
0: all in favor say aye aye Aye. 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 any opposed all right the motion carries thank you Um, all right, on to um, number two. An item D certificate of appropriateness for eight fifteen Bloomington Street.
1: Hey, eight fifteen Bloomington Street is also in the goosetown Horseman Conservation District. It is uh, located o- located over here. Um, it is this a bungalow. It has some. Um, kind of neoclassical details. Um, there's a, a kind of a short Palladian window, um, this frieze uh, above the porch. As you can see, the house is um, clad right now in um, I believe it's aluminum siding. It currently has a standing seam metal roof. It is in a very deteriorated condition. Um, this is not a roof that can be repaired. It, it would need to be replaced. Um, In this neighborhood, they do not need to actually have approval to replace the roof material. But because of the fact that there is this internal gutter that exists, they need approval to remove that. This is something that uh, is likely to come up a few times. Uh, We have quite a few roofs like this where the roof replaced a wood shingle. When it had a wood shingle, it likely had no gutters at all. And so when they put the metal roof on, they built an internal gutter uh, that's located within the slope of the roof. Um, I know that there's a house, well, 533 Summit on the corner of uh, Bowery and Summit has some remnants of an internal gutter that's not functioning. Um, 409 Summit has an internal gutter that is likely also going to have to be removed. So this will come up a, a few times in the, in the future, I'm sure. Um, with the current metal roof construction it's likely not possible to reconstruct an internal gutter like this. Um, Anything's possible with the right craftsman, of course, but logistically and within um, even what most of our our contractors and roofers are going to do, it's not possible. Um, For 409 Summit, which will come up again in the future, we actually had Renaissance Roofing come out and look at that kind of gutter and situation. And they also agreed that it was not something that could be constructed in the new materials Um, And so at this time, with this roof, it will be replaced, the metal roof will be replaced with an asphalt architectural shingle, which would be considered appropriate. It would be similar to the original wood roof that is uh, still under the metal. But at this point, staff recommends the commission allowing the uh, internal gutter to be removed permanently and not reconstructed. In This particular case, the house uh, does have external gutters already located there. So um, uh, the only change will be to remove the internal gutter gutter from the slope when the metal roof is removed. Um, Here's just another picture of it and then the, the recommended motion would be to approve the removal of the internal gutter.
0: So any kind of clarifying questions for Jessica? I have one, but I'll wait and see if other folks do. All right, hearing none. So Jessica, just, I'll make sure I'm understanding this right. In a conservation district, or at least in the um, uh, Man, uh, Goose Town Conservation District, you can replace rough material without our approval, but they the internal gutter is the thing that we're approving it's required um so uh and there are different kind of internal gutter situations that we may want to look at differently um right is that that's my understanding some of them are built like this that are kind of just um kind of built into the roof others are kind of dug out is that am i
1: yeah this would be considered kind of a retrofit because the house would have originally had the just, you know, a normal slope of a roof with wood shingles and the water just drained off. And and when this was put on, they built this kind of internal gutter. The other kind of internal gutter that you're thinking about is is typically with Italianate or Greek revival, sometimes mostly Italianate homes where they really have a a wide pan at the end of the roof slope at the eave, And that pan uh, usually has brackets and uh, detailing underneath that—that that is the wood box and then there's a metal pan within inside the gutter. And so in order to remove that, it really involves changing the roof slope and the details. And and uh, so that type of internal gutter is a different thing.
0: Great. I just wanted to clarify that we've got a couple different kinds of internal gutter issues that come before us and where, the, where they fit. So... Um, Okay, any other questions for Jessica? These are just kind of clarifying questions about what she just presented. We'll obviously have an opportunity to discuss after the public hearing. Um, If not, all right, we'll open the public hearing. Um, If there's any um, homeowners or people representing the homeowners that would like to speak, you're more than welcome to. Now is a good time, but you do not have to.
8: Yeah. Hi, here we are. I don't know if you can see. um, My name is Horatio Teresa. Uh, We're the owners of the house. Um, our daughter is also going to be living here and working at the University of Iowa. Uh, we're extremely uh, happy. Uh, as you can see in the background, we do, we're doing a lot of restoration, and we do want to keep the house as original as possible. So uh, I really appreciate the work you guys are doing and trying to keep the neighborhood as, uh, as original as possible. Uh, in this particular case with the roof, I really appreciate uh, your, your help because we went through the three roofers and all three said it's, it's impossible to be super expensive to do it other ways. And, uh, we're trying to match the houses, uh, on the next door and the other one. So it, it flows well, uh, with the block and the neighborhood. So it's going to uh, be looking well, much better than it's looking right now. And it's, it's and it's oh, le- yeah, it's leaking right now. So we got to do it quickly, um, and get that <laughs> over. But, uh, uh, yeah, we are trying to uh, keep all the wood and as, as as best we can, and all the details as, as original as possible. And we're also talking about uh, removing this, the the uh, siding, the metal siding, which I I, I am I'm pretty sure uh, you guys don't like it. We don't either. Uh, but that would be probably a project for the future. Great, thank
0: you, Horatio. No worries. <laughs> uh, any other members of the public that would like to? address on the, address us on this particular topic? All right, if there are none, let's close the public hearing. Any commission conversation? If there's no conversation, I, I think we can move to someone to make a motion.
9: Moves to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 815 Bloomington as presented in the
7: staff report. I pull second. All right, all in
0: favor say aye.
7: Aye.
5: aye.
0: aye. Any opposed? All right, the motion carries. Thank you, looking forward to seeing the, you're in my neighborhood ratio, I'm looking forward to kind of walking by and watching the progress, thank oh, you. Okay.
8: It will be my honor and we will love uh, for you to see what we have done on this side of the house. It's, it's just <laughs> been a month and a half working 10 hours a day, so I'd love for you to see it. <laughs> all right, I appreciate it, thank you. Stop by, thank you.
0: Thank you everyone. Yep. Thank you. All right. Um, Number three, uh, 638 South Governor Street.
1: Okay. 638 South Governor is in the Governor Lucas Street Conservation District. Uh, It is located down here. Um, This house is is fairly intact. It has original windows, siding, trim. Uh, It is an interesting kind of two-story with a one-story uh, side addition. Um, the owner uh, is an architect and has drawn for us. Uh, they propose to do uh, two things to this house that need your approval. The first is to add a uh, pair of French doors to the one-story uh, addition to the rear. It is honestly very hard to photograph this because of um, there's a a barn-like house uh, that sits right beside behind the house on the lot, um, but this is just an unadorned lap siding a one-story addition. There's no window or anything, and they propose to put a French door there. And then on the side, so this is the south side. You were looking at the front over here. Here's the one-story kitchen addition. The uh, French doors would go uh, back on the back. But on the side, there is a double hung window. Um, It's already not quite the same size as the other double hung windows on the house because it's part of a later addition, but they propose simply to replace this window with a new double hung window um, that will have a raised sill uh, because they'll be remodeling this kitchen. Um, They had submitted a window that, it would not be appropriate because it's a replacement window, which is meant to go inside the frame, the existing frame. So staff would work with them to uh, find an appropriate new window to go in that location instead. And so the recommended motion for this project um, would involve that condition that the window product is is still um, submitted. They showed us on site, we visited the site and they have in the barn house in the back. They have a French door that's wood that they propose to um, use the same kind for the new addition. And as a wood French door, full light, nice wide bottom rail, staff would recommend approving that as well. So that's all.
0: Great. Any kind of clarifying questions for Jessica? If not, we'll open the public hearing. Uh, if the property owner or any um, one representing them would like to speak, now is a great time. Uh, you are not obligated to. I can't tell if anyone's coming on. All right, doesn't look like it. Okay. Um, we'll close the public hearing. Any commission conversation, discussion? If not, I'll entertain a motion. Yes.
2: I move to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project. It's 638 South Governor Street as presented in the staff report with the following condition that the window product information is approved by staff. Uh,
0: I, I, okay. <laughs>
5: yeah,
0: it's in second. All right. All in favor say aye.
5: Aye. aye.
0: aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Motion carries. Great. On to item E the review of uh, property classification. Sorry. Let me slow down. The review of property classification at 721 Dearborn Street.
1: Uh, this came up because the owner of this house had um, inquired about using our historic preservation fund for painting and other repairs. And it was determined that the the house is um, actually considered non-historic, which would make it non not eligible for our historic preservation fund. Um, the house And it's 721, right? I get confused. Uh, this this is the, um, I believe it's the 1933 to 1948 um, Sanborn fire insurance map. So this is the digital version from online. That's why it's a little harder to read. Um, Oh, Dearborn, here, this is where we need to be. (laughs) Sorry. So this is actually, uh, yes, this is the 1933 to 1948. So this is where the house would be located. And as you can see, it is not located there. So uh, by 1948, it was not built. This is a photograph of the map we have here in the office. Um, So all the maps are colored, just so in case you don't know that. Um, And just briefly, we have Dearborn Street, we have 721. Um, In the original plat, it was lot 18. It is a dwelling, there's a D, it is one story, there's a one. Uh, Yellow means that it's a wood frame building and the dot means some kind of roof material that I'd have to look up. Um, But it does show on uh, the map that the city has that, This was built, we know that the city updated their map into the 1970s. Um, We know uh, that the house is a minimal traditional house. They were built uh, typically between 1935 and around 1950 or so. Um, We believe this was built um, after the uh, uh, Sanborn map that is the 1933 to 48. So we believe it was built probably between 48 and 50. And because that would mean that it is historic, it is older than 50 years old. Um, There is a discussion in the memo that I wrote about whether or not it would be contributing or non-contributing and really staff feels that the only way we could decide um, if it would be contributing or not would involve a much larger um, look at the rest of this conservation district to see if generally houses of that era should be included in the uh, period of significance. And uh, that's not really the subject of this. So at this point in time, knowing that the house would be historic, we would, um, staff recommends changing it to non-contributing in this conservation district. And here's another shot of it. And I'm sorry, I did not review the fact that my helper did not put the recommended motion in this portion of the slideshow. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll go to it. It's basically moved to approve the reclassification of the house at 721 Dearborn Street as non-contributing to the Dearborn Street Conservation District, as I wrote in the memo.
0: Great. Do we have any members of the public who want to speak on this topic? Good. seeing none. Any uh, questions for Jessica, any discussion on the commission?
9: Just a question. Does this house have siding on it or is that the wood siding? I can't quite tell.
1: It is the wood siding. Okay. This house has its original windows and siding and probably original entry canopy, but not original uh, railing there in that photo. Okay,
0: Thanks. Other questions, discussion?
5: Do we know if there are other houses similar that will be seeking declassification?
1: It, it's always possible. I know that there are other minimal traditional houses in this neighborhood. That's why someday when we do this uh, review this district, we might want to consider whether or not to change the period of significance. If there was a, you know, a significant number of the same era that houses were built as infill. But um, at this point, this is the only one that has um, come to our attention. Mm-hmm.
9: Okay, so well, once
1: if you-
2: we classify. Um, is the, will that, will we be, well, will the commission be reviewing requests request for, um, the funding project, the project? Uh,
1: I believe that they will submit an application for funding for painting.
0: I think you guys remember we, we have in our work plan, um, kind of updating our maps was there a recommendation from the city attorney a while back? Um, and I think I, I kind of emailed with Jessica and, and Anne about this when we were talking about um, putting this on the agenda and, um, you know, I think it makes sense for us to kind of, uh, take all of our districts and, and, uh, think about them kind of as a, as groupings to kind of, uh, you know, I sent over to, to Jessica, um, some proposed you know places where we should clean up the maps in the north side and Brown Street and the um, kind of the the four um, historic districts and conservation districts kind of north of Jeff- Jefferson and North um, and then I think uh, we'll try to get those done as, as a group um, you know each, each of those just dist- each of those districts reclassification of any kind of properties you know sometimes there's like a, a house that burned down is still in, and is no longer there is now listed as a historic contributing property obviously isn't, um, or someone built a porch, you know, reconstructed a porch and now it's contributing. Um, so I think the idea is that we will try to do, you know, three or four districts, um, kind of over the next three or four years to kind of just clean them up and then try to get on a regular schedule of, of reviewing them, but we haven't done it since we've created them. And so we may get kind of one off requests, um, for one reason or another, uh, to, to, to have something fit better what it what it should. So that's kind of where we're at with this this one-off request. Any other conversation discussion?
6: Not I'll entertain a motion. All right. Um, I move to approve the reclassification of the house at 721 Dearborn Street as non-contributing the Dearborn Street Conservation District.
5: Degrad a second.
6: Great, all in favor say aye. Aye.
5: aye.
0: aye. Any opposed? All right, the motion carries. All right, we're on to item F, uh, review of draft exceptions for citing guidelines per city council requests.
10: Do you want me to stop sharing for this? Yeah, I was Thank gonna you. bring up, uh, mm-hmm something else. So that'd be great. Thanks. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Ann Russett with Neighborhood and Development Services. Um, If you recall from your last meeting, uh, you discussed the proposed amendment to our siting guidelines and the commission had recommended that staff work on making some changes to the draft. So I just wanted to go through the revised draft amendment with you. I just, put it in a word document here. So that's what I was planning on sharing. Um, One of the comments from the commission was to make note in the, um, the draft amendment that modern siding can also cause moisture issues within historic buildings. So we added a statement to that effect here. There was also a recommendation that the, exception include information on ways on energy efficiency with historic homes. Um, There's already a section within the guidelines that speaks to energy efficiency. So the draft amendment would include a reference to this section of the guidelines that outlines a variety of ways that homeowners of historic homes can improve energy efficiency from insulating your attic to um, putting on storm Storm windows, so that reference has been made. And then there was also uh, a recommendation from the commission that additional language and clarification be provided on what is meant by technical challenges and economic challenges, which is referenced here in the in the amendment. So the additional text here you see in red is the proposed addition. In terms of technical challenges, it really speaks to situations where property owners have both synthetic siding over original wood siding, and there's evidence of modern insulation within the exterior wall of a historic home. We have seen issues where there's been synthetic siding and modern insulation, and there haven't been moisture issues, but there's no guarantee that the combination of those two things won't re- result in moisture problems in the future. So, what we've added is if um, that one technical challenge that could exist for property owners is a situation in which they have both um, synthetic siding covering wood siding and modern insulation. For, for economic challenges, in, in the, the draft of of this amendment, we've we've already had included a note that the most sustainable and affordable way to um, make an improvement on your home if there's synthetic siding is to repair the original wood siding. So that is noted here. Um, So I just wanted to point that out that that's probably gonna be the most economic solution for a homeowner. In terms of an economic challenge, um, we've added some proposed language that speaks to the fact that um, to make a case that there is an economic challenge that the property owner would have to submit some detailed cost estimates to be considered by the commission demonstrating that complying with the guidelines would be be too expensive and that they would have uh, another solution that is reasonable. And then additionally, there's just a statement that the staff and the commission could evaluate other technical and economic challenges on a case-by-case basis. So that's all I have. I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Thanks, Ann. I've got a couple just comments and questions, but I'll let other folks start. If other folks would like me to start, I will. Um, and I think uh, just a, a few things. I think one, the um, I think the addition of reminding folks to head to the section four for the energy efficiency thing is a great solution to kind of our um, request. I think the the, tech, the economic challenges paragraph I think gives us very clear guidance of like how I think I can anticipate what this would look like as a commissioner when it comes to us, right? Like, hey, here's what the guidelines ask. Here's what the cost estimates are. Um, here's what the, um, here's what we're proposing to do and what those costs are. So I think that, um, is, is super clear. Um, and I can kind of envision what that looks like. I'm I'm trying to just, I think, understand a little more about, I think it's, and if I, the technical challenge section, I think by itself makes sense. But when I pair it and when I, when I pair it with this, I'm trying to figure out if we're defining the technical challenges could include this particular situation you described, but it it also kind of implies it could include some other situation that, that makes sense. Um, and I think the same with the economic challenge with these use of the word could here seems to me to be uh, in both of them are the, I get, it seems more like they're examples rather than like, hey, when there's an economic challenge on really deciding here's how you approach it. Um, and then the staff or the commission can evaluate if it's something else, right? So I don't know if these make sense to kind of just technical challenges in this particular case means this, economic challenge in this case means this, and then the commission could review something that's similar um, on a case-by-case basis. I think that that kind of, it, it, they seem to kind of, that seemed to clean it up a little bit for me um, as I was thinking about it, but I don't know about others. Um, I just, I, I could kind of start to, vi- these I think help me start to envision how we would actually Evaluate the choices we're making um, in the context rather than kind of this open ended uh, discussion, but those are kind of my thoughts and and open to the kind of the Commission's uh, additional thoughts and suggestions.
9: Say something. Um, Yeah. Never know whether I'm on mute or not. Um,
1: You're just really quiet Cecile. Okay.
9: Um, I really appreciate the efforts of staff to clarify and in an attempt to define what is meant by these technical and economic factors um, that can complicate and challenge a homeowner's project. But I'm afraid that one of the explanations serves only to make the issue of citing a more confusing and ultimately a more time consuming one for all parties involved commissioners and uh, and homeowners. The technical uh, explanation pertaining to insulation means that even without an existing moisture problem, the mere assumption of the potential for a future moisture problem due to modern insulation in old walls becomes a sufficient reason to justify removing the original wood siding and to replace it with non-wood siding. And so as I read this uh, explanation, it seems to me that this definition leads to an inability of the commission to rely on our preservation guidelines and it weakens our preservation guidelines. Anybody can say, oh, well, I could have a, I don't have a moisture problem now, but I could uh, two years from now or 10 years from now. And so I'm gonna take off that wood siding and put on something else. So that's that's the the fault I see with that one. And I just want to say that, you know, at every meeting we have, tonight's a perfect example. We, I don't have the figures, but we approve more projects than we deny. And we bend over backwards to, to satisfy homeowners. And proof of that is this particular issue of siding. Um, if you look at the amount of time and effort that staff and commissioners have put in on it, so um, I think we just really have to be careful about weakening, uh, making every case that comes up a separate one that has to be weighed separately according to different um, different standards, instead of just following our guidelines.
5: I I'm still hoping this won't come up frequently, and I still like the idea of uh, reviewing it in five years to see how many people actually do consider removing their wood siding to put the, some kind of synthetic siding. Um, yeah. <laughs>
7: I would just say I think it's definitely an improvement. I think it's more specific than what we had before. And it definitely, I think, gives all of us and homeowners a better idea of um, what is and is not allowed. Um, And I think it does that in a way that's not too specific, um, but definitely clears up those vague concerns that we were having. So I think it's a great middle point.
0: Austin, Helen, you're the the commissioners. I haven't said anything. You're not, you don't have to, I'm just giving an opportunity to. Okay.
2: I've often been, um, torn by, um, the fact that if, 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 someone comes to the commission and realizes that they have to address their citing issue that, um, it, it is, and, and then they decide that they will take it on. They must be, um, they must realize that it is um, expensive. Um, and I do, what I don't understand is, is <laughs> why we as a community don't, want to encourage people to make these kinds of um choices and i i brought this up before but um there once this is done on a, a house they're going to be assessed um their tax assessment is going to reflect the the work that they've chosen to do and um, I think that if, that if there was some way to encourage this by providing um, a moratorium on, on, on the, the tax assessment to encourage them in terms of the economic challenges, that would be progressive. So. Can of worms. I think Anne did a fantastic job
9: with
6: this. Yeah, I guess the only thing I'll add here is that um, I would agree with this, this notion of can of worms. Um, I don't have a lot of experience uh, with this kind of issue. So I feel like uh, that, that's why I didn't comment earlier. I just felt like I didn't have anything useful to add um, one way or the other.
0: Do we, I'm, I'm, Cecile, I, I, I've been listening and reflecting on your, I mean, I've been listening to everyone's comments, but I've, I've been reflecting on yours in particular and wonder if like the, if we include the technical challenges that include some evidence of, of, of moisture damage, right? I mean, I think that's the, if, if there's, if the technical challenge include moisture damage um, and, and we've got the economic challenge, right? Either one could be applied in a case um right if the um and i think that that might help narrow the scope of i think some of the concerns around the technical challenges right it doesn't let someone say this might be the case they could either say if someone's coming for us with a proposal to remove their synthetic siding and remove the original siding they could come to us with two options one is either hey we've got moisture damage and it's not going to work or the other is hey we've got these economic um, and with, with some documentation of that, um, or they come with uh, economic challenge and say, hey, look, we, because of the con- a bunch of these other conditions, and I think Carl said this last meeting, that these technical challenges, as they add up, reflect that, the economic challenges, right? If there's multiple technical challenges, collectively, they, they form an economic challenge. Um, and, and again, these are designs so the commission will review them, right? I think we're kind of getting some guidelines here um, that they could come to us with either a technical challenge or an economic challenge. Um, and I, I like the idea of maybe narrowing the technical challenge a bit to, to show that there is evidence of um, moisture rather than just saying, Cecile, what you suggested could happen is that someone said down the road, there might be.
9: Um, right now the document says there may be moisture problem, there may not be, there's a potential for it. And if it, if it comes up, you know, if I have, feel I have a potential, then that sh- that the way it's written is reason enough to take it off even without evidence. So maybe your solution is right. I'd like to hear what Quentin says about it from a, a builder's point of view.
3: Um, honestly, I don't quite understand the cause of moisture problems in walls in old houses. Other I, sometimes it's associated with modern insulation, but. And uh, I'm not sure how removing the old siding and putting new siding on solves any moisture problems either. Right. But it's like you said, a can of worms, or like Helen said.
0: <laughs> do, do folks feel like we narrow opening the can of worms uh, if, if we um, think about the technical challenge component as the evidence of moisture? Um, wait, let me, let me, well, that's one question. And then, um, because we still have the, as written, we saw the opportunity for economic challenges, right? So if the technical challenges is, is, isn't the evidence of moisture, but is a series of other problems that we can't necessarily foresee, we can take a look at, at what those cost proposals look like with the economic challenges.
9: But we do you know in terms of flexibility we do have that grant program available to help people who are encountering economic challenges with projects so to me that's built-in flexibility right there and as quentin says if you take off one form of siding only to replace it with another how have you solved the moisture problem
0: yeah i'm uh, i think uh, Zizila, i feel like we have to like do something here right i think i mentioned that last month that I agree with almost everything you're saying. I'm just trying to find a solution that gets us um, something that the council will will adopt and, and is uh, kind of eases us into this road rather than kind of opening a can of worms. That's what I'm trying to get to.
9: But I think this road does open a can of worms. I don't think council fully understands what involved in fixing old houses and maintaining old houses. They just think someone is aggrieved and so we've got to make it right. But we're only creating more problems as I see it, but I am i guess I'm the lone speaker on this. I, I will be consistent in my point of view. That's all I can say.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I take your, your point to heart and I do think it's important that we maybe narrow the technical challenges to to, to to something that we know exists rather than something that could exist. Yeah. I don't know if other commissioners feel that way.
10: Can, can I make one comment, Kevin? Sure. Um, I mean, right right now, the way that we would process an application for siding is like like we did for the recent property is to go out and evaluate moisture issues. Um, So that's something that we do already. And if there's moisture present um, based on staff's assessment, we would support a recommendation for um, removing the siding. I guess I just wonder if we add language in here that shows that that the applicant needs to demonstrate that there's moisture damage um, and we create that as an exception, we, we kind of already, that's already part of the process, I guess, if that makes sense.
9: Exactly, our guidelines cover it, so.
3: Um, when you say moisture damage, are you talking about paint peeling or mold in the walls or?
10: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. We've seen with the recent property, there was paint peeling, but it didn't seem to be due to moisture damage based on a staff's evaluation of it. So... Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what well, well, if and if we're trying to narrow the if we're trying to think about the technical challenges uh, that there's something that does exist rather than something that could exist? How would we rework that paragraph?
10: I guess one one option is just to incorporate something that says that the applicant needs to provide details regarding the modern installation and details regarding concerns related to moisture or something like that.
9: Question? As Quentin said, how does replacing one form of siding with another form of siding solve the moisture problem?
3: The well, One possibility though, is you could put a vapor barrier like Tyvek, well, which is more air infiltration barrier, but a wouldn't be guaranteed that would solve the problem.
0: What about, let me just, I'm just, I'm asking kind of the commissioner. or staff has professional thoughts on this too. What if we just focus this on the economic challenges, right? As as I'm channeling Carl here a little bit from last meeting where he said like, look, the technical challenges are what feeds into the economic challenges, right? If the technical challenge to, you know, take off the siting and deal with whatever the issues are related to um, the, the replacement, the, again, these are for properties that are non-contributing in, a, in and have synthetic siding on them. Um, if, if we just eliminated the technical challenge portion and left the economic challenge portion, which, which would incorporate the technical challenges, right? If there's the reason that the technical challenge would be included is because they are costly, right? I mean, I think we're kind of getting at ultimately the same measure and i think we generally as a group maybe not uh uh feel pretty good about kind of the what economic challenges are the definition here and being able to compare that um it it seems to me that the the technical challenges would be incorporated ultimately in in reflecting the the um, economic challenges so the economic challenges it's a it's a clearer way for us to evaluate uh, the commission or staff or other folks right it's being able to look at some. Cost comparisons. Um, I'm just trying to suggest ideas here that help us get to consensus and and get to a place where we're recommending something.
9: That might make it um, more objective. Um, I mean, but there would be a significant amount of justification on paper to prove. Uh, economic factors, I think, which would be unpleasant for the homeowner to undertake, but uh, it seems to me it's the only way to, uh, I don't know, I just don't know.
7: I think that incorporating the technical challenges into economic challenges would be sufficient because in that same bullet point that mentions technical or economic challenges, it also uh, mentions that. If the impact is negative on building performance or health and safety, which is kind of tangential to technical challenges so that could cover that half um, if economic is truly not the real factor.
0: and are you looking for us to try to vote on this tonight we have we, we said we take two to three months right so we're around month two um, but i don't i mean we've got a we're going to get some new commissioners i think both of whom two of whom are, are here which is which was great so that they can come in fresh next month but i don't know if we want to try to uh, you know what do we have we need how many of us are there seven do we have four of us that are in favor of, of, of one thing here to move this forward um or are we not? Sherry, I see I had not. I think Lindy and I, I think, do, go ahead, Sherry.
2: Um, or, this is a dumb thing, but why do, Why isn't the technical challenges, why don't you just open the paragraph and say, in some cases, technical challenges could, as a as like apprentices instead of just um, making a definite definition of technical challenges. The implication is, is that of what's been out outlined above is what is the expectation. And this is supposed to be about an exception. So addressing it and saying in some cases, technical challenges could include. And then put the, the burden um then which result. Well, I don't know if I want to say result.
0: Yeah, I think what I what I was proposing is that we would just eliminate the paragraph around technical challenges, remove the word. Sorry, and just basically remove that paragraph, and that the way that we would evaluate these exceptions, we outline kind of all the ways that it could be sending folks to other places to look at energy efficiency stuff. And when it, when it comes time to to look at this exception, we're going to look at it economically because we know these technical challenges may add up to make, to be something that is cost ineffective. And that is the tool that we'll use um, to evaluate um, if this exception should be granted.
2: I'm there. I'm there.
0: I think that's, Sherry, Lindy, we? Uh, that's at least four of us that are kind of in that in that boat. That's enough. I don't know Austin, Quentin. I, mean, I don't, Anne, is this um, a vote that we're taking? I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I shouldn't too. be counting people if we're if we're going to actually vote on this. I think
10: that would be appropriate.
0: Okay, Quentin, Austin, Cecile, any other thoughts before we? No. Okay, so do we? we Move to approve the proposed amendment.
9: Oh wait, I have a question. How much? Oh, a technical thing because it's addressed uh, in several places. Um, the uh, small paragraph at uh, just above recommended amendment four eleven siding exception in red. The presence of modern insulation in the walls of historic homes can also result in moisture damage. Okay, then you just send them to the energy efficiency section. But then down below um Let's see. So you're eliminating that whole paragraph that talks about the possibility of future moisture problems, right? That's correct. Okay. Right. And you leave in the line staff and the commission can evaluate other technical or economic challenges on a case by case basis?
0: Yeah, I mean, we kind of do that anyway, I, yeah. think. I
9: think. That's, yeah.
10: Okay. So is this basically what I'm showing here, just delete this paragraph and leave the rest?
0: That's what I'm, I think that's where we're at. Okay. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the motion here just to try to move things along. We, uh, I move uh, to approve the draft amendment uh, with the paragraph that starts with technical challenges and ends with synthetic siding and insulation be removed or as amended, is that right? Is that how we do this? I'm sorry, I'm not great at this sometimes. <laughs> do we have a second?
2: type second. Second.
0: All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed?
9: I'm going to abstain.
0: Okay, I think we can do that, right? Okay, and, great.
2: And I do wanna mention that on, Your third sentence uh, on the beginning of the memorandum, the third sentence down, uh, insulation is misspelled. Oh,
10: wrong, yeah, thank you. (laughs) I'll correct that. Insultation, yeah.
0: All right, I feel like we did that.
1: It's it's that way a few times, just FYI.
2: Uh
0: All right, you guys, we did that. We got that done. That's been a thing. Congratulations to us. Thank you, staff, for the support on this. I know it's been tough. I think we've got uh, crafted something that uh, shows that we are working uh, with homeowners, but I think it uh, tries to minimize the worms that we're opening with this can. Um, I don't know if that summarizes where we're at, but I am happy that we have um, hopefully put this behind us for a little bit. Okay, sorry. Thank you, everybody. Um, on to item G, uh, reports. Uh, I'm sorry, report on certificates issued by chair and staff.
1: Too many screens. (laughs) Okay, minor review. 203 North Lynn Street. um, The Union Bakery is getting a new sign. It might be installed now, I don't remember. It looks like this. Uh, 614 Oakland, the house that we talked about last um, month. Um, They're also installing a radon mitigation system. And this is way on the back. Um, It would face the garage and then the alley. Mm -hmm. Um, 810 Roosevelt Street, this was actually reported to me, after um, the derecho, the the siding was damaged, the metal siding, and um, you know, I I went and looked at it, and it was just kind of in a stasis for obviously months because there's snow in this photo, and uh, so I I didn't really have a way to reach out, um, but somehow the owner and I got connected, and she is um, she's put in the application to remove the siding and repair the original. The thing that's interesting about this house is um, it, it was contributing to its district, but we thought it was kind of a 1930s, I mean, because of this kind of Tudor revival slant to this entry porch. Um, uh, but the details we found, we think it's from the 1890s. Kevin, your image is funny, FYI. I mean? uh, yeah, it's sideways and weird. Oh, sorry. Um, so one of the things we uncovered, all of the uh, w- window trim has this uh, kind of low pediment to it. Um, there's also kind of a ghost in the paint of a long thin triangle and kind of a medallion. Um, I've consulted with a historian who has done a lot of our site inventory forms and she thinks that this is comes from a millwork catalog uh, from something on the, um, Buke Davenport area um, around the you know 1890s to 1900s so we think we can date this house earlier and then they found um, in this front gable a a fan um, motif that you know we found on some of our Queen Anne houses that would also support that date it was just kind of exciting and this is a project where they're repairing all of that siding and uh, painting it. Um, We had some intermediate reviews between chair and staff. Um, So way back in August of 2019, um, the the original porch, which we see here, um, was removed and everything was removed and tiny columns and an inappropriate railing and actually just completely inappropriate porch construction was done to this uh key contributing house in the jefferson street historic district and over a long period of time um we've been talking to the owner about this during the derecho however the standing seam metal roof was uh, damaged and so um through conversations and uh, other people reaching out now the project will actually uh replace the standing seam with a new standing seam Um, The porch columns are currently being stripped at a place called Ye Old Strippery in uh, Waterloo, Iowa, which I think is just hilarious. Um, We don't know. There's one column that we might not have, but uh, through another porch project, we found a way to um, copy these columns. Um, The railing will be installed the way it was, uh, modifying it now because of the fact that it was removed, it needs to meet code, so there'll likely be a um, a black metal railing installed on top of the uh, original paneled uh, railing. The skirting will be put back in, the porch will be constructed properly with a tongue and groove floor. Uh, As I said, the metal roof will be replaced. Two sixties dormers that are in the roof will be removed. And finally, this project is actually going to reconstruct in a somewhat traditional manner, the um, internal gutters, which is uh, fascinating. And I've been talking to them about the, the idea of um, doing this as a tax credit project and, and they're looking into that. Since this is... Uh, an income property, it serves as the office for uh, John's Grocery. It has the potential to use both state and federal tax credits and get 45% back on all of the costs involved in this project. Now, I do believe that part of that conversation, uh, staff would need to talk to the state because of the fact that original porch um, construction was removed, but because part of that is putting it back, I I think that it would be included. we're hopeful that this will end up being a really great project um, eventually. 727 Rundell Street has had um, multiple pieces of work done. Um, they've changed hands. Um, this little uh, addition right here had a like 1960s door on the side t- with no steps or anything. It was It was a modern door in an awkward location. And so we approved removing it um she is also building a slightly larger deck it'll fit this width but it'll be longer projecting into the yard further so that the railing will be installed um, appropriately instead of like the modern deck railing here so there's a sketch that you can see um the front stoop is um maybe concrete right now, and it will be actually reconstructed in wood. This is one of those houses where the original front porch has been enclosed and incorporated into the house. So there's no transition inside. Um, So it can never really be an open front porch again. Um, So it will have a front stoop instead. And that's it for that. All right.
0: Um, On to item H, consideration of the minutes from the May 13th, 2020 meeting. Any amendments? Uh, if not, I'll entertain a motion to approve the minutes from the May 13th, 2020 meeting.
9: Prinsley moves to approve the minutes from the May 13th meeting. I second.
0: All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, the minutes are approved. Um, on to item uh, I, commission discussion. Uh, The first one is the letter uh, from Mike Oliveira writing Lead Paint. I don't know if there's anything we need to discuss, but since it was in the packet, we put it as a discussion item so we could talk about it.
1: It was just emailed to staff and um, they wanted it sent to you. And, um, you know, if you have any questions about any of their concerns, we can address them if you want, but it's up to you if you want to discuss it.
9: I have a question about it. Mm-hmm. When you're removing uh, paint, the uh, as far as I know, the latest greatest tool is that infrared uh, heater that was developed in Sweden. Is that less uh, produced? Does that produce less toxicity in the environment than uh, a, an electric hot plate or a propane tank or an electric, uh, um, you know, little electric remover?
1: Yeah, it is supposed to, it doesn't, um, it doesn't turn the lead paint into a gas, like some of the, like those hot guns, heat guns that people use that they can be dangerous. The heat gun also can obviously start a fire. So uh, there is that Um, the, the speed heater or the Cobra is the hot new thing and it heats it up um, using the infrared Um, the bulbs are very expensive, but it heats it to the point where the um, paint, um, it becomes kind of melty, like cheese. So it can just be scraped off. It does not uh, pop off. So it doesn't stay dry and hard and crispy like lead paint can be. So it's easier to control and contain. Um, And then also it doesn't, there's no dust involved in that process as well. So those are things, reasons why the cobra itself is the hot new thing right now.
9: I would suggest that we make some sort of a statement endorsing use of that product as a way to satisfy people's concerns about safety.
0: I think Friends has one that you can check out or did at one point.
9: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's safety for the the user and safety for the neighbors. And Mr. Olivera was talking particularly about complaints of neighbors. So um, I don't know, just a thought.
1: I, I would like to say, though, one thing that staff does assume that all of our historic properties in districts or not have lead paint. We never assume that they don't, so we go into it, you know, pointing to people to that direction that they they pretty much likely have it inside and out.
6: I remember um, in like. The commission materials that we all get when first join that there's a couple documents on lead paint, um, and I wonder how how frequently are those shared with uh, homeowners. Um, As someone who did study public health, this is an issue I probably should have paid a bit closer attention to.
1: (laughs) I, you know, Austin, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to since we have two new commissioners, I'll be looking at those materials really closely soon. So I I will look at them and see what you're talking about. I know that one thing in our guidelines, in the paint section, we do talk about lead paint and the fact that there needs to be a safe way to remove it. So in the guidelines, there is a little bit of a mention to it. Um, I would assume that you saw it probably in some of the other just general documents. And, and you know, we don't tend to share that with the public in, in a specific way.
6: OK. Because, yeah, because this attached photo does seem pretty bad. Uh, young person flakes together the soil. Um, yeah, I see definitely a few issues um, with this particular photo attached to the letters. So.
1: And and I would like to address that then, too, because that is a uh, 100% taken out of context. This was a project that won an award. And so we got a large series of photos of this project at that time. And uh, they were all labeled and there are a bunch of photos showing the, uh, I think it was the homeowner and an architect friend who did the removal. It shows how they did everything properly. They were using the PPE. Uh, you know, they they did their due diligence. This is not at any time near when the paint was being removed. So this is when they have moved on to repairing the siding. It's later in the project and um, all of the lead paint would have been cleaned up and removed. So this photo in, in particular is taken out of context. I see.
0: Great. Mike, Any other com- Oh, sorry.
2: No, I appreciate the fact that Mike is, once again, um, trying to be proactive. Um, I just, I don't mean to be nitpicky with him. but uh, the, If he, the funding to do what he may think is, uh, it's, it's not something if it's available in the city and it should be the um, the responsibility of the homeowner who chooses to paint, and he doesn't address the fact that that um, that paint can also be encapsulated. So, I I don't I really don't know where he's going with this. <laughs> I I I have I suspect that he would like to see. Um, someone else pick up the tab,
0: but um, I don't know that we, uh, we don't have to have to to take any action or do anything. We're just, we put it on the agenda because it was submitted to us. So like any, it's like when someone would come to a public hearing, they're welcome to say whatever, they can submit whatever to us.
1: Yeah. And and it was simply the fact that the email was please distribute this to your commission. There was no other explanation or, or conversation in that email. Even, even though the his comment is taken out of context
5: in regard to the photograph, would it be, is it the kind of thing where others could just skim the page and look at the photograph and go, oh, these don't match, because they jump to the same conclusion erroneously? And therefore, is it a good idea to take the photo out? Um, That was my one consideration.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that the photo is just in the uh, awards PowerPoint and then the recording of the awards from that year. So, um, I mean, we could take it out of the PowerPoint, but it's not gonna be out of the recording. So, yeah.
0: All right, any other discussion on that? All right, seeing none, um, we've got some outgoing commissioners. Uh, tonight is the last meeting of um, three. I think, Lindy, we have one more with you, if I'm correct, right? Yep. Um, so, I, you know, I always kind of find it uh, hard to kind of figure out exactly what to say about members as they as they leave. But, you know, it's kind of reflecting on my time working with Quentin and Helen and, and Austin Whose last meetings are tonight, and you know, I, I always just the thing that I, I think I've been most surprised by on my time in the commission is just the, the, uh, I don't know, I just like learning from my fellow commissioners, and so you know, I thought I'd you know, um, talk a little bit about each of their work, and then folks can we can do some more of that, but you know, I think I think of Quentin and I, you know, I he knows more about historic houses inside and out than I think probably. Um, almost anyone that I know, <laughs> um, you know, his career has, has been restoring and improving um, historic houses. He, he's worked on my house, uh, so I've seen his craftsmanship up, up close um, and it's, it's incredible craftsmanship. You know, I, I know where the places on my house where he worked, um, but I don't think other people would know that anyone had ever worked there. And that's, I think, kind of the sign of a um, excellent craftsmanship. So I, I think that perspective has been um, invaluable on the commission um, you know, And Helen has been a part of the preservation community um, for a long time. I knew her name as a preservationist before I even really knew much about preservation myself. So I was really excited when she joined the commission three years ago. And you know, she's been someone I've gone to from time to time, occasionally letting me um, vent uh, about things that are happening. And, and, and she's always very good about making sure I'm uh, on the right uh, path. And, and I always kind of appreciate her honest, honesty and candor. Um, and I, I hate to tell you how long those calls may, may continue after your time on the commission. So um, I hope you're prepared for that. Um, and uh, I did not know Austin before he joined the commission, but I, um, the social media analytics suggested for me to follow his Instagram account, um, which I did. They clearly knew that um, his photos of old Iowa City and their modern photos um, on Instagram is something that I would, uh, in fact, love. I don't know how the social media does that, but they did. Um, and so when Austin was uh, on the commission, I recognized his name as somebody uh, as an Instagram <laughs> account that I follow. Um, and I, you know, I, I just, I think of a couple things, you know, I, I really think of his voice kind of pushing us to make progress on solar and making sure that we're really thinking about um, the, uh, um, making it easy for, for our uh, historic houses to be able to kind of work in, um, in conjunction with sustainability. And, you know, I, I will, um, his article in Little Village was a you kind know, of a frank conversation about parts of our history that, that some and our community would rather not remember but I think we as a commission have really t- tried to um, make sure that we're telling the full history and, and Austin kind of took that on and um, really appreciate his perspective and and, and time on and the commission so I just wanted to as chair um, say a little bit about each of you in terms of what I, I think Lindy you're up next month so uh, you got that to look forward to but I, I really appreciate your work and want to thank you and um and uh and, and thank you for your time and uh and, and work on the commission.
3: Thank you, Kevin. It's been an honor.
2: My two senses is that it's really been a privilege to be part of the commission, and I want to thank each and every one of you for encouraging historic preservation in Iowa City. Um I think everyone has been very thoughtful and proactive and open to new ideas. And um, I think that your achievements have been many and your setbacks few, but with your leadership, we really need you and encourage you to keep preservation relevant.
6: Uh, thank you, Kevin, for uh, the kind words. Uh, I've enjoyed my time on the commission, uh, even if I've only been able to see most people here in person only a couple times. <laughs> um, but if I guess if there's anything else I'd like to say going out, um, I think one thing I uh, would like to see in the, as the commission moves forward, uh, perhaps goes back in person, is that in addition to um, going through like reviewing these individual cases and parcels um, is looking at preservation as part of these wider systems. So whether that be sustainability or equity or um, how neighborhoods function with each other. um, I think that and along with bringing um, more young people into preservation, I think Lindy and I would be good examples of that. Um, But I, I mean, I have seen on Instagram, like on social media, like, people are interested in this kind of stuff. Um, It's not, we're not just like, uh, we're not just a bunch of stuffy old people uh, hanging out uh, in the council chambers. Um, So the energy's there. uh, And uh, I think there's a lot that preservation can do to uh, make ourselves seem more accessible to the community. So it's been honor to serve um, and all the best to whoever will come next and replace me
9: guys thank you
2: kevin thank you jessica and thank you ann for lovely leadership really wonderful leadership
3: all right thank you everyone and i hope to see you on the outside sometime Um. um
10: when
1: we're if we're done with this i think we have at least a couple things just to mention just so
0: yeah that's i was hoping that there's one thing i want to make sure that we're mentioning so i think i think we're are we good with item uh one uh, the outline commissioners i think so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all right uh commission information this is kind of other stuff
1: (laughs) so i I am going to jump the press release and I'm really sorry about it. But yeah, our downtown is now listed in the National Register of Historic Places. Woo! Oh. It was official as of what last week or something like that, I think. So uh, we'll be uh, sending a letter out and we'll do a press release, I hope, or something. I don't know. But FYI, that is done. So we were successful with that.
2: Congratulations.
1: My heart's beating really hard right now. Yeah, I was, I <laughs> was like really hoping
0: tough. that it was going to
6: be one of the things we shared, Jessica. Yep, yep. Um, I, see it on, I see it on Wikipedia now. It's it's up. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Excellent. We also, um, just a, a little announcement. I think there are s- several things um, that I'll probably talk about in one of our future meetings from the Preserve Iowa Summit that we had, um, just some things that I learned and found out that I'll uh, talk about just so you're aware. Um, I know that our like uh, survey questionnaire thing will go out to the owners and contractors pretty quickly here. Um, So that's uh, pretty much done. Um, Oh, and the uh, awards letters, for the awards committee, they, yeah, they're yeah they being sent out now. <laughs> I'm sorry, we had a little bit of a delay, but uh, those are the only announcements I can remember at the moment.
10: I just had one announcement. Um, we have a fellow from the University of Iowa planning program that's gonna be working with us this summer. And he is an architect by education and training, and now he's getting his master's in planning. And he is gonna be helping us with doing some investigation and research into the area around Kirkwood um, so south of the railroad tracks and he's going to be going out taking photos of all of the homes in that area and kind of documenting descriptions of the homes year built that type of thing Um, and we hope that that information can kind of help with a future reconnaissance survey.
0: Great are you guys have you guys you guys are aware that the like the neighborhood association there has got a ton of information and history too they may be a great resource for him at some point
10: okay great yeah
0: um and just for uh we, we can do this we'll do this officially next week but margaret uh, who's been with us uh is our, our new commissioner joining us officially next month um and then noah who was on uh kind of throughout the meeting but just left uh pretty recently is one of the other um teacher commissioners so so welcome soon uh we'll have a more Formal welcome next week, but since you were here, I wanted to kind of just um, introduce you guys to the to the to the rest of the team. All right. Any other announcements? If not, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn.
3: Fifth and
0: second. I think Quentin, you're moving. Do we have a second? Yeah, a second. Nope. The
5: grass second.
0: <laughs> okay. Yep, you okay? We're good. Quentin, you made the motion, Sherry seconded. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you all very much.